Our uh, sponsor this half hour is realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. I feel like that's one of the things that was never really done before was, you know, most people just pick somebody they know, maybe like a relative, somebody, hey, I passed that person at the gym and they seem nice. That's not a way to pick a real estate agent. This is the biggest financial transaction you're going to have probably in your entire life. So some due diligence is is kind of a, a good idea, but who has time to really sort through a million different real estate agents? Well, realestateagentsitrust.com was developed specifically for that purpose. It's finding the best real estate agents from around the country and making sure that you can trust someone. You know, these are people who listen to this show, who share the same values that, that you do, people that you can trust that understand this business. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go if you want to sell your house fast and for the most money. Uh, and we have a great team of people, people that wind up uh, really supporting you through a transaction that's one of the biggest things you'll ever probably do in your financial life. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday, and I have just the, the most fun Friday ever. I think it is like, put your hands on the radio and be healed. Politics in Washington, ridiculous. We've known that. Blame whomever you want, whether it's social media, the failing mainstream media apparatus, but the, uh, the obsession of what's going on in Washington, D.C. is just, it's just stupid. Our own personal business, family, work, both, should be what dominates our thoughts. It shouldn't be, oh my gosh, did you hear about, did you hear about what happened last night? I was watching this riveting campaign finance debate on C-SPAN last night. It should not be that. Now, I have to follow this crap because it's my job. Excruciating? You bet. There's a reason why every president looks like he's 50 years, uh, he's, he's aged 50 years in a span of four or eight years. But it goes beyond that. Look at the media figures that have to cover this junk every single day. Take a picture of one of the people that you follow in the media and look at them five years ago. And look at them today, all right? We're all practically in wheelchairs. We're unrecognizable. It's taken years off of people's lives that actually have to watch this stuff and care about it. But today, you're going to be healed. Put your hands on the radio. Because today, I'm going to reverse the aging process. And Ocasio-Cortez is that vehicle and we start there next this is the glenn beck program oh yeah one minute away from healing now if you're in constant pain uh i can heal the aging process but i cannot take away your pain well you know what i tell you what give it 10 minutes and if it doesn't work on your pain it might uh, I t- then, then you go to relieffactor.com because this is an all healing uh, segment that is coming up next. So uh, if it doesn't work for you, hey, you're not out anything because you just, well, you have got 10 minutes of extra pain without doing anything about it. I recommend you uh, go to relieffactor.com in about 10 minutes. Do it in about 10 minutes relieffactor.com have the pain taken away from you works for 70 percent of the people try it for three weeks if it doesn't work don't order more 
It's either going to work or not for you in three weeks. They're three-week quick start, 1995. If you're in pain, you got nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. You get your life back. It's relieffactor.com or call them now or in 10 minutes because I really think the healing power of this next story could really reverse your life. 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com. Heal. I think what the Democrats are doing now may have a, an, a may have a reverse uh, effect on all of us. It may actually take people who have taken years off their life may get them back. I it, it's like Benjamin Buttons. I may be younger at the end of this story. It's become a South Park parody. Alexandria. Occasional Cortex uh, has uh, has just made things fun. Here it is. She has finally unveiled to the world, via NPR, of course, the contents of her new Green Deal. I love this. Now, all the frontrunners, the Democrats who will run for president, whether they've read it or not, have already endorsed this. Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, all of them. So now, what's in it? Well, I just want to give you some of the highlights. The Green New Deal proposes the following will be completed in the next 10 years. Are you ready? Let's do you in. I'm very excited to hear. <laughs> I'm sure it's all going to be very plausible. No, it, no it's not only plausible. It's the moral thing to do. Oh, good. Okay. Mm -hmm. A ban, now in the next 10 years, a ban on 99% of the cars currently on the road. Now, you think, what? No, this is no biggie. There are only an estimated 270 million registered cars out there. And I am sure that all 350 million Americans, you know, live in a place like Manhattan where a car really isn't needed. So you just get rid of your car. Unless you're in that 1%. Now, I don't know who that 1% is, but we know they won't be wealthy because we hate the richest 1%. But we will not hate the 1% that is allowed to have their cars and ours are taken from us. Okay. So, she not only wants to ban all cars, she also, not all, not, I don't want to be hyperbolic on this. I apologize to Mrs. Cortez, uh, this is not all cars. It's only 99% of all cars. She also wants to ban all oil, all natural gas, and all nuclear power. Now, that's only about 80 to 90% of all the power that, uh, you know, the country uses. But she doesn't ban coal, which is weird because... Coal is the dirtiest of all of them. Nuclear energy is the cleanest, and the next cleanest is natural gas. But oil, gone. Natural gas, gone. Nuclear power, gone in the next 10 years. How are we going to replace it? Don't ask that question. She's doing moral work, okay? Don't ask that. Don't ask that question. Now, she... 
she also has proposed in her new Green Deal. Now, it doesn't sound extreme yet, does it, Stu? Does it sound silly? Right now, it just seems really rational, uh, based in uh, completely uh, pragmatic uh, ways. I mean, this is, uh, this, is, this is simple, I think, right. so far. So if you want to save the planet, yeah, of course, you're going to ban oil, natural gas, nuclear power. I mean, that's a no-brainer. One, two, and three. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to ban all cars, right? Well, no, 99% of cars. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, she has gone the extra. Now, this is because she's a thinker, all right? Remember that she said just the other day that Donald Trump was, it was an incoherent speech, and it was like he never even thought about it or did his homework. That is what she said, yes. Uh-huh. She's done her homework. Mm-hmm. She also wants every building in America to be gutted and rebuilt so that it can be outfitted with energy-efficient materials. Now, notice that she uses the word every right before building in America. <laughs> every building in America. So in the next 10 years... Without cars and without energy, we're going to gut every building in America and rebuild it with energy-efficient materials. Now, if you were to do this, Mm -hmm. of course, and you were to complete this task, all of the materials you use would be completely outdated. Does she is she aware of that? They would no longer be the top of the line efficient. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they would. No, you don't have any energy. You're not innovating anymore. So these will be okay. So this is yeah, you can't make them again. anymore. But you're mm-hmm. certainly not updating no, anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Now she's got rid of the cars. We've we've rebuilt every building in America in the next ten years. Uh, she has uh, banned all oil, natural gas, nuclear power, um, and she says it doesn't go far enough. It doesn't go far enough. We also need to ban all air travel. All air travel? Yeah, just just ban just the... Shut down the industry or... Yeah, just ban the planes. Don't know more planes. Is this a joke? No, it is not. Oh, my gosh. You are so immoral. You are so immoral for not... Are you thinking, how do we do this? This isn't possible. No one will do this. You know, there's a difference between being right and being moral, Stu. There sure, there sure is, as she's uh, as she's explaining here. But I don't. Not only do I not think it's possible to do these things, I don't want to do these things. I don't think anyone would want. You tell the American people, we're going to take your car. Now, remember, this Kamala Harris has endorsed this plan. Elizabeth Warren has endorsed this plan. Cory Booker has endorsed this plan. All of them endorse this plan. Get rid of all cars. Get rid of natural gas, oil, nuclear power. Gut every single building in America and rebuild it and ban all air travel. Now, sure, we're going to miss our plane rides, (laughs) but have no fear. She has a solution for that. We're going to ban all air travel because we're going to uh, have a massive amount of high-speed rail. And that will fulfill all of your travel needs. How are you getting from the train station to the to the house if there's no cars? Stop asking these immoral okay. questions. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Now, I thought before when I was living in sin and mm-hmm. I wasn't so moral, I thought, 
how that's going to suck for tourism in Hawaii or, you know, going to London or Europe. It's going to be a long ride and yeah, a wet ride and a very wet ride. Mm-hmm. But it's on high speed tra- uh, high speed train, so it probably can go underneath the ocean and get there so fast the train doesn't have time to you know trap people in a in a tube of water. Oh, okay, that's the plan. It'll be that I, high I, speed. I, I don't know, but why do we? Why do they always? They're so in love with 1900s technology. Like, they, they, hey, you know what we want to do is put it. We want trains. We want trains to go to the places, essential uh, areas where the people may or may not live. Is there change. anything that makes you more happy than this sound? <laughs> yes. I mean, it really kind of makes it feel like old timey and kind of cool, you know? Oh, it'd be great. Okay, so ban all air, air travel as well. But this is the thing. Because we're doing all this, the government can guarantee jobs for life. Also, a free house, free education for life, guaranteed income. And, and I'm quoting, whether the person will work or not. Oh, and free healthy food for every American. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. I love that, too. That's all in a section entitled Build on FDR's Second Bill of Rights by Guaranteeing. And then she lists all these things, including uh, a job with a family sustaining wage, family and medical leave, vacations, and retirement security. Um, mm-hmm. But remember, we didn't pass FDR's Second Bill of Rights. So this is on top of that. Yeah. Uh, the Second Bill of Rights was to reverse the Constitution to mm-hmm. an... Uh, 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 a charter of negative liberties to a charter of positive liberties, the things that the government must do for all of uh, all of humanity, not the things that the government must never do. And by doing a second Bill of Rights, we follow the Soviet Constitution, which, by the way, the Soviet Constitution was was changed. I don't know how many times uh, over and over and over again because it doesn't work now. She admits that this isn't a perfect plan. She said, we're not going to get to zero emissions. And I want to pause for a minute because the healing factor is about to be sprung loose. And you're going to feel so much better because she's really thought this one through. She says, we can't do it without this. What is that? In one minute. All right. Six days and counting. Six days and counting before. No, you know, we don't have to do anything special. Turns into nothing. You didn't get anything for Valentine's Day. I mean, I I thought a card and some flowers. Do not fall into this trap. This made up holiday will destroy you for weeks to come. I can I can be that salve right now. All you have to do is go to 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. You have 24 red roses. 24 for $39.99. Now, you can get the 18 red roses, which is great. $29.99. Now, if you've been in the doghouse or you just want to make sure, like, you don't hear, Oh, you didn't get anything. What you do is you upgrade it to 24 red roses for $10 more. 
18 for 29.99 upgrade to 24 for 10 bucks more now i don't know what you're waiting for because it ain't going to get better than this and tomorrow this offer is not available this offer expires tonight at midnight you are not going to remember the moment it's like hypnosis the moment i stop talking about this <laughs> you will forget so do it right now. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio uh, icon, and enter the radio code BECK. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, radio code BECK. The offer expires today. Wake. 10 seconds, station ID. Now, Stu, isn't this, does it feel like we're in an episode of South Park? Yeah, this is basically what it is. It's a ridiculous parody of the craziest (laughs) claims ever made by, this is why I feel crazy. All of this. How dare you? This is why I feel like the the shine of Ocasio-Cortez eventually comes off with Democrats. This This is is, why we've been saying forever. She's insane. This is great. Ocasio-Cortez is a gift. A gift to the Republican Party. A gift to the Constitution. She's a gift. You don't have to worry about it. She is fantastically stupid. Now, here's the last part. And I am quoting. This is on her new Green Deal. She points out that the fact of getting to zero emissions will be hard because, and I quote, we aren't sure that we'll be able to fully get rid of farting cows. End quote. (laughs) The circus is finally arrived (laughs) in town. We not we're not sure we can get rid of all the farting cows. Now, let me ask you a question. Were we thinking about getting rid of all the cows? Because I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about not eating hamburger anymore, let alone getting rid of. I mean, is that something you've discussed with PETA killing all of the cows? In fact, uh, her, her they have removed the farting cows from the, from the Green Deal uh, fact sheet. Oh, did they really? They did wind up uh, removing it, I guess, but because the it was planes being, and the. Well, because, yeah, because the full quote is we need to get to net zero rather than zero emissions in 10 years because we aren't sure we'll be able to fully get rid of farting cows and airplanes that fast. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to get rid of airplanes in 10 years. That would be a, that would be a hell of an accomplishment uh, of a terrible of a terrible outcome, but it would be a hell of an accomplishment. You know, you know, who'll stop her. Big plane. Big plane, yeah, that's big plane. it. Yeah, big. Boeing. You think you think the Cretans at Boeing are going to allow this to happen? Oh my gosh, the workers of Boeing are just waiting to be freed of their job. Oh, they hate going to work at Boeing. Boeing is such a nasty place to go to work. They've been thinking to themselves, if I could just work for the government and I could just deassemble all of these planes. 
and then erase and burn all of the books and the plans. So in just a few short years, we could all say planes. What planes? That's that's like King Arthur. There were no planes ever. People never fly never flew. They wouldn't fly from one place to another. What are you crazy? <laughs> this is what that happens. was magic. This happens in every apocalyptic movie, right? Like people yes. are like, did you know when I was yes. a kid, like an 80 year old passes right. by and they're like, when I was a kid, they had computers and airplanes and no one believes them. Right. They think they're just like senile. Right. That's the Ocasio-Cortez future. It really is. <laughs> she wants- we used to have cars that would drive us from place to place. Before that, we used these things called horses. Which are now all dead because we've murdered them because they, they burp every once in a while. By the way, it is burping cows, not farting cows. Are you sure? In case you're actually... Well, no. She said farting cows in the in the actual copy. You're correct on that. However, if you are actually talking about the methane issue, it is burping cows, not farting cows. A lot of times people joke and say... I mean, there are emissions from both ends, but the massive amount of, of the methane emissions come from the front end. May I ask you a question? Yes. Mm -hmm. Knowing something like that, does it ever make you question the choices that you have made in your life? Well, not until now. (laughs) But yes, now that you mentioned it. You know, now that you are the the cow methane gas expert Mm -hmm. and you're creating, you're correcting a member of Congress and you're like, well, uh, actually, uh, it is the gas that comes from the mouth of the cow and not the ass of the cow. <laughs> wow, your family must be so proud. These are fair observations, right. I will say. So, um, may I just point out that BU should close its doors today. How, how are they still in business? Boston Honestly, University. If you, she went to Boston University... And she has two degrees, doesn't she? Yeah, economics and foreign affairs, I want to say. Right. Yeah. Economics. Mm-hmm. If you were thinking about going to Boston University, you know, uh, well, they're very good. They're economic department. Are they? Are they? That's where she got her education. And she's come up with this. It should be leveled and made into, a, I don't know, a 7-Eleven or a parking lot because... Parking lots will be needed in the next 10 years. But only for the next 10 years. Only then there'll the be next, no more then, cars. Then there'll be no more cars. And you know what's so stupid? They're already, we're already on the way of eliminating cars as we know it. We're already on that way. GM, we had the chairman of the board, former chairman of the board of GM, who said, we won't be making cars by 2030. We're going to be making pods. They're not going to resemble anything like cars. Do you remember that interview? Yeah. yeah. So Bob technology is already moving in this direction. You want to talk about an anti-progressive, somebody who doesn't like progress. She's saying, let's go back to the days when we all walked from town to town. And the futuristic technology of trains. <laughs> You're listening to Glenn. Oh, my gosh. Jebediah, that sounds good. (laughs) All right. uh, Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Tika Tawari. He created a course for you to be able to teach you what blockchain means, teach you the um, the real meaning of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is the future. Well, I mean, unless we're on Cletus. Hurry up, run a little faster. The train don't stop in this town. Uh, (laughs) The uh, cryptocurrency is the thing of the future because 
Paper currency is going away. Uh Uh-oh. Paper currency is going away. The dollar is going to be devalued um, as more and more people get out of the petrodollar. So what does that mean for you? means you need to educate yourself and you can right now go to smartcryptocourse.com that's smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK but do it today smartcryptocourse.com blazetv.com slash beck is the place to go to subscribe to blaze tv we've got dozens of posts best conservative content use the promo code beck to get 10 bucks off why pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought for a government-run health care system and stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? That's AARP. Join AMAC, the conservative alternative. Same money-saving benefits of AARP without the liberal agenda. Stand with AMAC as they fight the good fight. Become a member today. Join now at amac.us USA. amac.us USA. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I, wait a minute! This can't be right. John Roberts, John Roberts voted against the conservatives on abortion. I oh what? It is impossible to overstate how worthless John Roberts is. It's impossible. You can't overstate it. You cannot overstate it. He is no Stu worthless. No no no. He's working on a long-term plan. Oh, that's what we always get told. Yeah. Every time Roberts would come out and he has yeah. the wrong ruling on something, it's always, he's actually working on a long-term plan. It's going to be even better. We really have a imagine. problem with the press, too, the way they report this, that he sided with the liberal side of the court. No. Why don't you say that about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Ruth Bader Ginsburg sided with the liberal side of the court. He's just on the liberal side of the court. That's it. He's just on that side. That's what he is. You, you, this idea, all the crap that came up with, with Kavanaugh, like they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. They'd be lucky if they're within three justices of overturning Roe versus Wade. This law in, in Louisiana is completely consistent with Roe versus Wade. It fits absolutely in the middle of the structure that was set up by Roe versus Wade, and they still overturned it. It, they, this, it's absolutely, if you are a liberal and you are concerned about Roe versus Wade going away, there are 179 million other things you should worry about first. They're, they can't even get a basic restriction passed to get to make it safer for women to have abortions. They can't even get that done. I mean, the, he is a disgrace, man. What a disappointment. John Roberts sucks. John that's Roberts. My, that's my professional John legal Roberts opinion. was appointed by a Bush. Yep. Now, again, Alito's been pretty good, and he was right on this. Kavanaugh, by the way, on the right side of this one, as well as Gorsuch, and, of course, Clarence Thomas. He'll change. Um, give, him, give him five years, and he'll be... And Kavanaugh's already one for two here on this, so we're, I can't, can't get too excited about Kavanaugh yeah, Gorsuch, yet. Gorsuch may actually be a real deal. Kavanaugh's not. Kavanaugh's not. If, if Donald Trump gets another chance, we must not allow him to deviate from that original list. Which Kavanaugh was a deviation. He yes, was he not was. not on the original was. list, to, to remind everybody. He was. Now, Kavanaugh may, you know, it's too early to judge Kavanaugh. We don't know. It's not too early to judge Roberts. Um, both Alito and, and Clarence Thomas uh, are, are very strong, and Gorsuch looks to be very strong. Uh, though it's still probably too early to even judge Gorsuch, honestly, at this point. But he's been, I've seen no signs of, uh, of worry with Gorsuch yet. Uh, but this is like, so, the, you know, Roe versus Wade goes uh, through. And in there, they say, first of all, it's first term abortions. 
You could that is you know what you can't really restrict that. The states can't restrict first term abortions. After the first term, they can start restricting it with health of the mother type stuff, mm-hmm. and then after viability, which is you know basically their their alignment was the third term. Uh, of that which is of course not even true anymore because now viability is much earlier than 28 or 24 weeks which they're they said at the time uh but that was uh they said you could you could you could ban it after uh, after that period the funny thing about it though when you read roe versus wade what it says is the reason why you can have abortions and and not restrict them in the first trimester is because it's healthier for the mom the idea that having an abortion is healthier than having a child because you can die more frequently from having a child than from having an abortion. Don't you know it, Jebediah? Yeah. <laughs> I know. What year is this? Right. Um, also, by the way, it's the entire thing is about health of the mother, right? Like even the, there's never been, I mean, at least in Roe versus Wade, there is no, hey, you can have an abortion for any reason at any time. They, they say in the first trimester you can because the this bizarre idea that no one has ever in in the entire life of, of humanity has ever done, which is, well, you know what? There's a 0.008% chance I'll die during childbirth, and there's a 0.001% chance I'll die during abortion. So for that incredible difference in health, I'm going to make the choice for the abortion. Well, that literally never occurs. Okay, anymore. The, the progressives are so anti-progress. Always. Mm-hmm. They're anti-progress. Look, you could have said that in the 1800s. Women did fear childbirth because you would die. It was the second leading cause of death for women. The first being burning to death. <laughs> um, so the Fun times. Oh, yeah. Well, don't worry. They're going to come back if Ocasio-Cortez, you know, gets her way of banning all oil natural gas and nuclear energy we're all going to be cooking on a fire um anyway uh so they did fear it back then but you don't fear it in america today no i mean it's 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 ridiculous it's and and plus no one makes that decision that that way the other part of this is they even talk about it in 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 the ruling where if they know that line's going to move the viability line is going to move. It's now at, what, 20 weeks? Mm-hmm. So we're already... They, mm-hmm. In Roe versus Wade, they were talking about 28 weeks and 24 weeks. We're already at 20 weeks when it comes to viability. Uh, and that's going to get younger and younger and younger. And by the way, Roe versus Wade specifically says this includes artificial means. So it's not just like the baby's born and will live on its own. Because it, it, it includes life-saving apparatus by the medical community. You know how close are we? I mean, we're already. Oh, we're we're we're, there. we're so close. We're so close. Listen, here's the thing. I don't know how it's going to happen. I really don't. But I I am I am feeling strongly that there are several people all over the world that have been put in position to do several things, and it's all going to start launching soon. I re- I really believe it. Last night we saw the movie Unplanned, and I did not want to go. I did not want to go. No, because, you mm-hmm. did not. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you you were interested, but uh, it, no, I was really interested. It's, it's you know one of these. You get a little bit of that that face of what you're making right now, which is the oh no, it's another Christian movie face, mm-hmm. which is like understandable because sometimes they suck really badly. Oh, not as bad as John Roberts, but they they they're sometimes they're terrible. So, and it's not that it's a Christian movie; it's that 
we're blowing our opportunity. We make these movies and then we make them so preachy and so Christiany that only Christians go. And you can't bring right. somebody who's not a Christian or, you know, not like, you know, going to church three times a week. And so it just it defeats the the uh, the goal of let's spread the word. So I thought, oh, boy, this is bad. And um, Steve Dace came in and he said, I've had that feeling in the first five minutes of this movie. Um, but then it went away. So I looked at him five minutes. I said, have we hit that part yet? And he said, you know, it's actually playing differently the second time I've seen it. He said, I don't feel this way. Now, it did feel like a smaller budget film at times, you know, because you weren't wor- working with the A-list actors and actresses. But I thought the acting was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the main, the woman who played Abby Johnson She's was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Halfway through that film. I was overwhelmed with a feeling I might see in my lifetime the end of abortion in America. I've never felt that way, ever. Uh, and I think that there are things that are going on right now, and they are so overplaying their hand on everything. I want to get rid of airplanes and 99% of all cars. That's insanity. Insanity. And only the insane will go down that road. They're, they are revealing themselves for who they truly are because they are arrogant and naive. And uh, they think everybody is with them. And they've never gotten out of their New York district. They don't know who Americans are. They know their cult of America. And but I- nobody's going to do that. And I think they're overplaying their hands with abortion so far. And when you see this movie... You will they're they're saying they're playing it for teenage test audiences. And they said teenage girls are are becoming militant anti abortion. They said even teenage boys are reacting to this going, that is wrong. When you see it, you've never seen anything like it. And the power of this story is it's not a Hollywood script. It's true. Every word in it when they're having the dialogue with the Planned Parenthood people is an exact quote. Everything that you see happen is exactly what actually happens and happened to this woman, Abby Johnson. And she's Abby Johnson's amazing. We've had her on the show before. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because you said this kind of a little bit after the movie and you described this feeling of like, wow, maybe abortion's going away. And then that night, John Roberts is siding with the liberal side of the court to shoot down a, a Louisiana law that is absolutely consistent with Roe versus Wade. At this point, we are at a point in America where if we, if we, everyone's like, oh, don't overturn Roe versus Wade. A great improvement would be to be go to go back to it. If we could just get this country to go back to where Roe versus Wade was, which was first term abortions, basically that's it. Then states can restrict it based on health in the second uh, trimester. That's exactly what the Louisiana law does. It says, hey, we got to have admitting, you have to have a physician with admitting, uh, admitting uh, privileges at, at a local hospital. And they said that's too restrictive, even though specifically carved out in the Roe versus Wade ruling, which was a terrible ruling, but is way more conservative than what we have now. That has been these rights have been expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded. And the idea that going back to one of the worst legal rulings in American history is an improvement. It puts me on the exact opposite side of the feeling I had right after the movie, which was, hey, there's a lot of hope. I am impressed 
to tell you that everything we said, and I, this is all slotting into place with me in an amazing way. Everything we told you we had to do, we, we, it's now here. It's now here. Now is the time when I said, you're going to need your credibility. Don't become extreme. Don't become combative. Don't lie. Don't spread fake things. Make sure you do your homework so you're not unwittingly doing that. You have to be credible because the world is not going to know which direction. And you're going to need to have that credibility. Right now is the time. If you still have your credibility, and if you don't, work on fixing it. Because right now, you can go peacefully to your to your friends and family and say, hey, I don't want to talk to you about politics. Let's just talk about the actual abortion bills. And here they are. Here's what happened. Here's Roe versus Wade. Let me show you what is happening to us. And we're now literally talking about killing children after birth. And I know that's not what the leadership is saying, but that is what the leadership is actually putting into practice and in law. And if you can have reasonable conversations with reasonable people on the Democratic side, but what's not going to work is bashing anymore and and fighting over Trump. Don't do it. Let Trump fight his own battle. He is fine. There's nobody better at fighting battles for Donald Trump than Donald Trump. He doesn't need your help. He he is fighting his battles Fight the things that actually matter in the long run, because it's so polarized now. The minute you bring up Trump, it's over. It's over. You will not make any progress. Hmm. So don't mention it. You can fight for Donald Trump in other ways, etc., but don't mention it with your friends. In fact, go the opposite direction and point out the things that you disagree with him on. Say, look, you disagree with him on everything. I disagree with him on some of the things, but he's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about returning to common principles that we don't kill babies after birth. Well, we don't. And that's just a lie. No, no, no. Wait, I I, I, I want to show you the actual law. I want to show you the actual lawmakers who are making this case on the Democratic side. They are doing things and lying to you. Because of a few radicals. I'm not against Democrats. I'm against the Democratic radicals who have hijacked your party. And there's a few of them. And here's what they're saying and doing. One quick thing about Trump before we go. Yeah. Uh, People say he has a big ego. Uh, At least he's not putting his ego ahead of the lives of 60 million children. Because that's what John Roberts is doing. He's putting his ego and his legacy above the lives of 60 million people who should be alive and are not because of this. And he continues to do this in big spots over and over again. He is worthless. Yes. And egos always lose in the end. Ocasio-Cortez, she put this out. And she she obviously had sixth graders working on it with her. Yep. But she's so self-surrounded by by people who are like, oh, this is great. Uh, she had the ego to put it out on writing. And even Nancy Pelosi is now running from it. Yeah. So it's a, what is this green dream or whatever they're calling it. Don't worry. <laughs> they're going to destroy themselves. We just have to calmly point out exactly what they're doing. All right. 35-day government shutdown has cybersecurity professionals worried that the government websites became more vulnerable and less secure. 
you the, the security patches weren't updated, yada yada, that could lead to a data brief, a data breach, and every two seconds somebody's identity has been stolen. By the time I finish this commercial, thirty people will have their identity stolen. And one of these days it's gonna be you. That's why there's LifeLock. They detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number on sale on the dark web. They detect your information being sold. If they do it, they will immediately send you an alert, and then they work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can uncover the threats that you might miss on your own. Join now. Get 10% off your first year by using promo code BECK. 30 people have had their identity stolen since I began this commercial. One of these days, if not today, it's going to be you. Stop it now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Get 10% off. You need this now. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Welcome to the program. Let me go to uh, Jimmy uh, in Louisiana or Los Angeles. I'm not sure. Jimmy, go ahead. Uh, New Orleans. Glenn, New Orleans. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Glenn, this is your book coming true. This is Agenda 21. The New Green Deal? A, the New Green Deal. It is. It absolutely and, is. Wait, I, Glenn, I have one question for you. Yeah. If we're going to do away with airplanes, are we going to have to do away with our Air Force? Well, of course we would. And everybody else okay. is going to follow our lead. We have to lead by example, Jimmy. The Russians and the Chinese and everybody else will get rid of their Air Force as soon as we do. Are you not a moral person, Jimmy? Why are you questioning? Why are you questioning these things? My gosh, there's a difference between being right and being moral. And uh, and, and we need to be right. Uh, no, we need to be moral. That's right. That's, sorry, new thing. We need to be moral. And the moral thing to do is abolish all airplanes and 99% of all cars. We want to tell you our sponsor is Relief Factor. For over four years, Relief Factor has been helping my my team here uh, at The Blaze alleviate pain. Uh, but I'm smarter than everybody else, so I didn't take it. I'm in excruciating pain. Everybody who was taking Relief Factor at the studios were like, you should really try Relief Factor. I'm like, it won't work for me. It's all natural. It's all this. It's, there's no, no drugs in it. <laughs> if we don't have some petrochemicals in that, how could it possibly help? Well, I got so desperate. A year ago Christmas that I started taking it Take it for three weeks That's what the promise is Take it for three weeks If it doesn't work in three weeks It's not going to work If it does work Just order more and keep taking it Well, I've been ordering it every month I take it three times a day It's relieffactor.com Get your life back right now At relieffactor.com Call 800-583-84 Relieffactor.com Bill O'Reilly is coming up next of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, I remember being counseled by a very wise man. He said, Beck, what are you doing? You write all these books. What are you doing? Why are you spending so much time? You're coming out with them like every 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I know, Bill. I know. You should write a book. 
Ah, you know, I've got the uh, spin-no-spin zone, the O'Reilly factor. I don't need these book thingies. Well, he's already got killing the SS, and he's killed everybody else on the planet in his books. The Hunt for the Worst War Criminals in History. It's available everywhere now. It's still in the top ten. It's great. And he's announced his new book on Friday. He was in the air. I'll let him tell you the story. And then we're getting to the new Green Deal. I love this. It's going to be quite a ride with Bill O'Reilly in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Remember when your mom used to say, put on a hat. You're going to get cold. You're going to get a cold. You're going to get sick. No, mom. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to get sick. You're going to get sick. It's cold outside. Put on a hat. And then she give you the lecture about how 80% of our heat, you know, goes out the top of our head. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to Minnesota uh, and I'm not at the North Pole. So I think I'm going to be okay. You're going to get sick. Okay. Mom, that's not how we get sick. We actually get sick because we're in the house all winter and the house doesn't have any fresh air and the filter just piles up with all of this crap. And what happens? You breathe it in and that's how you get sick. Open up the door, go outside and play. That's how you stay healthy. Or just change the filter. Filter, B-U-Y dot com, filterby.com. You don't have to go out to Home Depot or, you know, even remember, which I love. Oh, that'll be so sad the day the EMP goes. Uh, I love technology. I love this. We don't ever have to even go someplace. The filter will just magically appear at your door. And then you go, oh, it's time to change the filter again. You go change the filter. You throw that one away. You're done. It's filterbuy.com. Filterbuy.com. Another book from Bill O'Reilly. Now, here's the good news. At least in this one, he's not killing someone. Bill O'Reilly, how are you? What do you mean the good news? What what does that mean? Well, I mean, I mean the they're they're the just eight killing books of seventeen million copies in print. Come yeah. on! And I remember you mocking me. Uh, all right, Bill O'Reilly. Yes, you were on an airplane, but not just any airplane on Friday. No, last week I had to do the Beck program on Thursday because Friday um, I was fortunate enough, and I. I really believe fortunate is the best word to uh, ride down uh, Florida with the president of the United States on Air Force or Air Force One. Mm-hmm. So I was looking around for Harrison Ford. He wasn't there, and I was happy. So there's not going to be any shootout on the plane. Did you see the pod that he can escape with? Yeah, listen, that thing, you can live in that thing. That's the biggest machine I've ever seen. Um, it's got... <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's how crazy it is. Yes. It has M&Ms with Trump's name on it. I believe that. <laughs> I right. believe that. So there you go. All right, so tell me about the book that you're writing. Okay, this is a history book. Um, we're going to announce in a, a few weeks the title. I have a title in mind, but, you know, I'm giving my, the publisher a chance to come up with one as well. Um, it's not a pro-Trump book. It's not an anti-Trump book. It's why he believes what he believes. And it's a complicated, he's a complicated guy. 
I've known him more than 30 years, so I'm probably the best guy to write the book because I'm not looking to hurt him and I'm not looking to help him. Um, so I'm already writing it. Um, and it's, I think if you don't hate him, if you hate him, you don't want to read this, but if you're curious about him and you like him or like him, you're going to want to read it. It's going to be a big book, Bill. I think so. Yeah. You'll finally um, be able to it's retire. Hard book to write. <laughs> um, I was writing it last night and uh-huh. uh, banging my head against the wall. Here's, yeah. here's why it's hard. He doesn't want you to know about this stuff. See, most people, they like talking about their childhood. I mean, I know you love talking about your time in reform school <laughs> and, and how, you know, you uh, yeah. were incarcerated for most of your childhood. Well, I was no, kept in an iron lung. He doesn't want that. And, and the, it was so hard to interview him about it because we're sitting in the office. He's got a big office on the plane. But in front of him is this giant TV screen. Did you just turn it off? No. Oh, and Fox News is on the screen. Mm-hmm. So his eyes keep darting, particularly when the Chiron mentions his name, mm-hmm. onto the screen. I've got to focus him back. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to bring him back to the 1950s. Trump was born in 1946. And, and to have him describe what his childhood was like, his father and mother, his four siblings, uh, his neighborhood, and how that all affected him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it's like the dentist. At one point, <laughs> he didn't want to do this at all. He only did it because I'm so annoying, and he's known me for a long time, okay? So he, go, he looks at me, he goes, where's Melania? Where's my wife? Get her in here. So instantly, uh, Melania Trump appears in the office, and he looks at her, he goes, he's torturing me. He's so dreamy, just like he did on television. <laughs> Tell him to stop. <laughs> and Melania is like this frozen smile. Doesn't say a word. Doesn't say anything. Just looks at him, looks at me, and vanishes. <laughs> Boom, she's gone. And I go, can we just get this over with? You know, because he, that was the last thing on earth he wanted to talk about. Yeah. Now, I did get an hour of stuff. And some of it is fascinating, but the rest of it is our researchers. And, and did you know that he, his, his father, who he idolized, uh, pulled him out of the Shishi school in Queens and sent him to military school? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um, Do you and, know about his uncle? Are you going to include the stuff on his uncle? His well, uncle, his uncle was an MIT person. His uncle right. was an MIT guy. About? His uncle was the guy. That, and this really co- comes from when, when Donald Trump says, you know, I come from the best stock and, you know, I just brilliant family. It comes really from his uncle, who is an MIT. But his uncle yes. was selected by the government when Nikolai Tesla died to go in and look at all of the papers uh, of Nikolai Tesla, uh, Tesla and which one should be kept by the government and which ones shouldn't be kept, uh, and they could go to uh, his his home country. So he, he was the guy. The who, uncle didn't have any influence, really, on Donald Trump. It was all a father, and the father wasn't there very much. Um, but we get into it, and I'll just give the, your audience uh, uh, just how different this book's going to be. His father was arrested at a Klan rally. How about and, nobody, and nobody knows any of this. And I asked him about it. I asked Donald Trump about it. Uh, when his father was a young man, his grandfather, 
Trump's grandfather, went up to Alaska in the Klondike Gold Rush. Um, it, it, I mean, there's so much in there that nobody has any blanket clue because the books that Trump wrote about himself were all about Him uh, the real estate business, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Nothing about what he did as a kid and how it all, and his, and his sister, of course, eight years old, is a federal judge. Mm-hmm. So it's a fascinating study. I think at the time is right for a history book on uh, President of the United States. Um, let's knock the myths out and get to the real person. All right. That's Bill O'Reilly. When's the book coming out, Bill? Probably <clears throat> September. Okay. Uh, Bill O'Reilly and his uh, new book on Donald Trump. We'll um, talk to him more about that. Uh, but we want to switch topics to the new Green Deal, which I, I think is... I love the Green Deal. Right. I, I, I'm, really, I'm, I'm up for it. Oh, it's right. fantastic. We'll do that in one minute. And speaking of the new Green Deal, I've got a new Green Deal for you. Never have a salad again. Now, I'm not sure that this is what everybody recommends uh, that is involved with Field of Greens, but that's what I hear. You have one scoop of this stuff. It's real superfood. It's the it's the the actual USDA organic fruits and vegetables, certified vegan, uh, vegetarian, the real stuff. And they've put it in a powder form. And you just stir it into whatever it is you're drinking. You knock it back. You've had your uh, your daily allowance of everything you need. Never have a salad again. Never have to chew lettuce oh, again. Would that be great? Oh, That'd be great. You can drink it. And it, the good thing is it doesn't taste like you're drinking lettuce. It tastes good. Yeah. So you get something that actually tastes good. You get all the stuff that you need. This is a wooden. I don't care if it tastes like crap. I really don't. Yeah, I'll just it knock it but, back. Right. No, I know, but I would just knock it back. Yeah, just get it knock over it with. back. Sure. Get it over mm-hmm. with. Uh, BrickhouseGlen.com. You go there, use the promo code Glen. You get 15% off your first order. BrickhouseGlen.com. Experience a better you tomorrow. BrickhouseGlen.com. Promo code Glen. 10 seconds for station ID. This is why we have said, Bill O'Reilly, for a while, that Ocasio-Cortez is a dream come true for the conservatives. She is so dumb. Uh, she has released her new Green Deal, and she, uh, all, without seeing it, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, they all signed on. And then it comes out. And she says, we're going to, in the next 10 years, we have to abolish 99% of all cars, get rid of all oil, natural gas, and nuclear energy. Plus, we're going to tear down or gut every structure in America and then rebuild it with new green materials. And then also, we're just going to have to abolish all airplanes. Well, what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing if you're a moral person. Nothing. Okay. So I write in my message of the day on BillOReilly.com that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is really Katy Perry. Okay? She doesn't. She's doing this for one reason, and that's to become a star. She's already addicted to the fame and the spotlight that the media is giving her. Mm. All right. And you know how that 
seductive that is. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get in and adulation and, and constantly in the media, on mm-hmm. television, and you're 29 years old, uh, you can get addicted. So that's where she is. So it's not like she's going to Harvard, sitting down with the people at the Kennedy School and developing some kind of cogent plan uh, to make the planet uh, more prosperous in the future. That's not what's happening. Okay, what's happening is she's got a couple of people around her saying, oh, 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 let's do this. Let's do that. And the press, of course, is enabling all this. Mm-hmm. So rather than scrutinizing it, mm-hmm. they're enabling it. They're, oh, this is this is great. Look at her. Uh, look at her hair. Look, look what she's wearing. OK, so I don't take any of this seriously. Yesterday, she came out and wants to abolish ice. You know, not a dime more for ice. Okay, so fine. Look, this is, to me, comic relief. Mm-hmm. All right? This is what this is. I, I get a kick out of it. It's not real. Uh, you say that Harris and all these people have uh, signed on. Nancy Pelosi has been grossly disrespectful to Congresswoman um, Cortez. She won't put her on any committees that are worth anything. She, if you ask her about it, she gives you the little Pelosi smile and the eye roll. So the structure of the Democratic Party knows this is comic relief. And if it got any traction, it would hurt the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. So that's what's going on. I think they're just letting her um, selfishly. I think they're just letting her implode. I I was at the State of the Union. Uh, I was in Speaker Pelosi's office, uh, you know, uh, uh, unannounced uh, and unbeknownst to them that I was coming in. Um, Did you just break into the office? (laughs) No, just just walked in. Just you just in. walked in. Hey, hi, I'm Glenn. And, uh, no, uh, I walked in. And- I walked in with a congressman, uh, Senator. I mean, a congressman uh, Thomas Massey, and he said, "These people are so clueless. They'll think that I'm a freshman Democrat that they've never seen before." So come on, <laughs> let's just go in. So we went in, and Ocasio Cortez and Nancy Pelosi were side by side, thick as thieves. Um, you know, glad handing people. It was it was an obscene uh, scene. But I I think she's keeping her close, um, uh, and letting her have her way and having her day in the sun in the sunlight, knowing that she's going to implode. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, did Pelosi have any idea who you were? Uh, uh no. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet a picture. Uh. So she didn't know, because I asked that question because I ran into Pelosi at the White House. She never would come on my show. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, Congresswoman, uh, so nice to see you, um, Bill O'Reilly, and I'd love to have you on my program sometime. And she goes, oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> Had no blank and clue who I was. No, now, uh, Her husband standing next to her, his knees buckled. I thought he was going to collapse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right? Yeah. And, but she had no idea. So then the next day we called up Pelosi's office and said, okay, uh, when's the congresswoman coming on? And then she issued a statement saying, oh, that was a social event. I, I really, I, you know, I, I, I don't really have time. So I sent Waters out to ambush her. and say, hey, you said you were going to come on Bill's show, and now you're not, are you afraid? That kind of thing. So she is absolutely clueless. She doesn't really have any no, I think there's reference outside party politics. Yes, and, and I think even on that, she's, you know, her dentures are starting to float a bit. You know, yeah, she had trouble at the State of the Union. I thought first that she was chewing tobacco. No. 
No? Her, no, her dentures are floating. Oh, That's what it is. I, I, okay. Yeah. So I said, where's the cup? I hope she got a cup. She don't want to yeah. spit it on pens. <laughs> Bill, have you, have you actually sat in the gallery for the State of the Union? I have not. I couldn't. I couldn't take it. I know. I thought so too. It was the most fascinating thing I've ever done. I was sitting at the yeah. f- uh, the fifty yard line, uh, watching it, and I was so I was sitting behind, and I could see what everybody was doing with their hands. And the, you know, I could see all the Congress people tweeting sure. each other or yeah. or texting each other, uh, checking their Facebook, reading porn. All of th- I mean, it was <laughs> it was crazy to watch that thing and what the camera does not pick up. And Acasio, Were you wearing white, Beck? Uh, I was wearing white. Yeah, I was sitting yeah, next I to Acasio you, Cortez. I thought I got a glimpse of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look like the Michelin Man or Marshmallow Man. Um, the uh, Ocasio-Cortez... She was she was holding court uh, and uh, and so arrogant and the people around her were so arrogant and they were looking at each other, uh, sneering. They were hissing. It was amazing to see Mm. this arrogance. Right. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think that she's going to blow. Something will happen. But uh, in the meantime, is she not the most entertaining congressperson oh, yeah. on Capitol Hill? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gaining years of my life back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, I, if I were Disney, I, I'd be giving her own show, whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Come no, she's a cartoon. In. She's great. She's great. Um, so what do you think, before we get into the abortion thing that happened this weekend and, and the reaction of Congress to the State of the Union, um, what, what do you think, what do you think the, uh, the fallout here is on, uh, Ocasio-Cortez and this new green deal? Is it just going to disappear? Think Americans are paying attention to it. All right. Here's what Americans are paying attention to. Um, number one, the economy. All right. Because the stock market, every day you, you, you don't know what is the deuce is going on there. Okay. And people are a little concerned, but you know, things are going all right now and they're hoping that'll continue. Number two, the border. The border is, I can't tell you how big the border is. Yeah, it's I agree. It's huge. Huge. But, uh, you know, the people, and the polls do not reflect the level of concern that most Americans have for this. And, and the drama between Trump, who may declare a national emergency, and I believe he will, and Pelosi, because it's personal now. It's, it's, it's you know, who's going to win this? Um, that is the big story. Ocasio-Cortez, this is a media-driven story. If you were to go out in the Mall of Americas tonight and say, oh, can you tell me one thing in the, uh, in the green thing? Everybody will look at you going, oh, what? What green? Green? What? They don't know. Well, so, that's, but that is, again, um, a, a testament of the media. Uh, if, if anyone would have come up with something this literally ridiculous not extreme. This is ridiculous. If anyone on the right would have done anything this ridiculous, uh, they would have. I mean, they would have a whole primetime special on Saturday Night Live about it. And the press is just going to move past. Don't look there. Yeah, they're never going to bring scrutiny to the far left progressive positions on anything. They're never challenged. I mean, the governor of Virginia said, you know, look, hey, we'll, we'll kind of birth the baby, then we'll uh, put it on a little table and make it comfortable, and then we'll discuss whether we should cut its throat or not. And, and did the press scrutinize that? No. Did they say, gee, 
O'Reilly just wrote Killing the SS, and in that book is Hitler's T4 program, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same thing. No, no, it's where, no, it's not. Don't, don't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Hitler babies. required three signatures from three doctors. We are only requiring one. <laughs> 300,000 babies at least were executed after birth. Yep. German babies. Yep. All right. And the people the of Germany right. stood up against it. It's and crazy. Where are we? All the press had to do was ask one simple question. What's the difference between the governor of Virginia's vision and all Adolf's vision? What's the difference? There no. isn't one. There isn't any. There isn't. There but isn't. they would never do that. Okay. Bill O'Reilly. We're face. We're going okay, con- to continue with him here in uh, just a second. Bill O'Reilly, you can find him at BillOReilly.com. Here is No Spin Zone, his podcast, also his, uh, his old shows. Also, you know, you, you watched what he was doing before. Just now he's, he's completely unrestrained. BillOReilly.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. We are getting close to Valentine's Day. So, if you need to get something for someone, how about taking 15 years off of their appearance or your appearance with the new GenuCell jawline treatment? No more turkey neck, double chin, or sagging jawline. It works amazingly well. Uh, Linda B. from Marina Del Rey says, I love your jawline cream. It really works. I mean, I really see a difference, and people never believe my age. From now till Valentine's Day, the brand new GenuCell jawline treatment is yours free. When you order GenuCell for bags and puffiness under the eyes and for results in 12 hours, the GenuCell immediate effects is also free. So you go to GenuCell.com or call 800-577-8709. Say goodbye to the double chin, bags under your eyes, even those laugh lines and crow's feet, they're all gone. And the best part is it's guaranteed or your money back. Crazy offer is only going on for one more week, 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. They're going to have the GenuCell collagen builder and free express express shipping going on now. 800-577-8709 or G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Want to hear from more of your conservative friends, the conservative voices you trust? Go to blazetv.com slash Beck. Use promo code Beck, get 10% off. iPatriots.us is a new conservative alternative to liberal-based email services. It's secure, private, and safe, no ads or spam. And they won't collect or sell your data ever. Go to iPatriots.us right now, pick your membership. At checkout, select your own iPatriots email address, enter promo code PATRIOT, get the first month free. Go month to month, cancel any time. Welcome back to Bill O'Reilly on the Glenn Beck Program. Bill, I know you were on our uh, Blaze Live uh, coverage of the State of the Union, and uh, Bowling told me later that you had a disagreement with him. He said it's it's time for the president to really just go charging like a bull, and you said no. Uh, I, I am clearly on your side. He needs to uh, he needs to just. Um, keep going with his agenda and moving forward but he it uh, if this is what you're saying i agree he needs to now be presidential be above it all and and outline a very positive uh vision he needs to get his likability numbers up uh and he did i thought he gave the perfect speech um with a, with a, without you know saying we're going to go to the moon and giving us a, a a grand vision like Kennedy did, I think he gave the uh, the best speech he has given and exactly the right speech to try to bring the middle back in to 
to him and away from the crazies on the left? Well, he's eight points away from re-election, um, if you believe the polls. And all the polls pretty much say the same thing. Um, so he needs to persuade uh, 8% of the electorate to support him. And that's certainly doable, particularly if the Democrats run uh, you know, crazy people against him. But I don't think they will. I think it's going to be Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, unless there are scandals or black faces or whatever. You know, you never know these days what's coming out. Um, Anyway, uh, the speech was well-crafted. They made a couple of mistakes um, when he said countless numbers of Americans have been murdered by illegal aliens. That's certainly not true. Um, The count is there. Um, Once you start to generalize or over-exaggerate a problem, then that gives the uh, opposition you know, I'll look at he's lying again or he's yeah, doing yeah. this again or that. You got to be very tight and disciplined. I talked to him about the State of the Union when I was on Air Force One. When anybody of any party asked me my opinion and I, I have no animus toward the person, I respectfully give it. And I talked to the speechwriters and him, and I basically said, look, facts will win out. And you've got the facts on your side at this juncture in history. So the facts are going your way as far as the State of the Union is concerned. Mm-hmm. The other side doesn't have any facts. All they want to do is undermine and hate you. So capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought the speech was good, um, but he continues to be obsessed with Mueller. And He's got to forget you're ever Mueller. Get him not to be obsessed, and that's yeah. a weak point. Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah, what they're counting on. Uh, you know, all the reporting says that Mueller doesn't have anything. That's going to mean that it's meaningful in the election. That's what all the reporting, all the leaks are. He just doesn't have it. So let it play out. Don't be obsessed. Today he's obsessed with it, Trump. Today he's tweeting again about it. He's going to heal. Nobody cares about Mueller. Nobody cares Not except the swamp. Point. Right. They may, they may care if he... Issue something that nobody knows about. That's Correct. horrendous. Correct. But at this point, Correct. everybody's tired. It's boring. Correct. It's old. And if they're doing investigation after investigation because Mueller didn't have anything, that will play poorly for the Democrats if he stays above it. But if he gets into it, people are just going to be afraid. They're just going to be like, I don't want any of this anymore. Let's just change. And they'll change to whomever uh, if... The president is bogged down in in this street fight with a bunch of people that nobody really cares about. And that's the key. So uh, the Trump administration and his reelection people have to zero in on what the voters care about. All right. And at this point, Russian collusion is certain. The only people who care about it are the hate Trump media. Yes, that's all. And but it's hard. You know, Donald Trump is a man who does not want to be criticized. I mean, one of the things that I've learned in the wrong business, even if the criticism is valid, even if it's constructive, he don't want to hear it. And he reacts very, very uh, emotionally to criticism. Well, I thought he was I, I thought in being in the chamber because I heard the things that you never hear on television or see on television. I saw the absolute disregard and disdain for the president from especially the progressive caucus. It was it was like 
it, it was beyond anything I imagined was happening. And I knew things were bad, but th- th- it was just out of control. And honestly, I have more respect sitting in the room with him, watching the State of the Union and watching how many of the Democrats were treating him. I have more respect for him on how restrained he actually is because they are not restrained because they never get called out on it. Nobody knows what they're doing when the camera is off. And I saw it. It was obscene. But you've lived it. I know. I. I know. Uh, there are people who want to destroy you and destroy me. And if we die in the process, they're happy. Yes. But as far as Trump is concerned, this is now a lifestyle. It's not a political position any longer. It's a lifestyle. So if you work for the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN, NBC News, your lifestyle the people you socialize with, your hobbies, uh, what you do um, in your leisure time, is all centered around hating the president of the United States. It sounds ridiculous, but it's absolutely true. They're obsessed with this. It's like cocaine for them. We have to hate them today. We have to. And if we don't hate them today... We're going to start to shake, and our stomach will hurt. It's a lifestyle. So it's a caricature, and that's what Trump should do. Now, I tried to explain that, but I don't think I got through. (laughs) (laughs) I said, said, mock them. It's, It's now to the point where it's insane, and regular folks know. Make fun of it. All right, because but he doesn't. He he tweets seriously about it, and I'm going. Well, this is not effective. No, Your he, people aren't buying it, when, and the rest of the people are ignoring it. When when he was in the State of the Union, and he said after the Happy Birthday, believe me, they would have never done that for me. That was Reagan. That's how Reagan that's won. What I'm talking about yes, that's what I'm talking about. Um, just roll your eyes and say, oh, there, they there go it again. is. And he can do that. Mm-hmm. He's talented enough to do that. But he just gets crazed when people uh, attack him, and particularly unfairly. I mean, he, he gets – that's why I couldn't focus him on my questions because he was waiting to see what report was going to come out that smashed him. That's what he was – Interesting. And did you talk to him about stop watching it? No, I, I don't lecture presidents of the United States. No, I, <laughs> that's not what I do. No, I know, uh, but you were—you said you were suggesting things to him because yes, he when asked, he asked me. Mm-hmm. All right, I didn't give him the analysis I just gave you. That that to me would have been way out of line. He asked me a question. I answer the question. Um, but I'm giving you a broad analysis of the fact that he is going to be in for a very tough re-election campaign. Yes, he is. All right? It's going to be very close, and every dirty, filthy trick is going to be used by both sides. All right? This is nasty beyond belief, 
what's coming down the pike. Do you see what happened? Okay. Do you see what happened with Jeff Bezos and yeah, the I National Enquirer? Yep. Yeah. Any comments on just, that? That's just salacious. That doesn't have any political meaning to the country, even though Bezos owns the Washington Post and is gleeful about attacking President Trump. So, I, you know, a lot of people say, okay, it's another karma play. Um, to me, it's, it's another tabloid story. Uh, it doesn't affect anybody's life one way or the other. Um, if you don't know what the National Enquirer is by now, you're never going to know. So, yeah, all right. I don't even read the story. I read the headline. I go, okay, so what? <clears throat> you know. Well, I thought, yeah. I thought it was interesting um, uh, that Bezos decided to uh, find out. Get out in front, put he, it out. Yeah, and he put right. out this, this right. really, it's extortion. Uh, and he said, I'm going to I'm going to release it all. I'm not going to be held uh, for blackmail. Uh, he had hired Gavin DeBecker, who are the greatest security uh, people, I-, I think, in the world um, and said, unlimited budget. Go find out what this you know, what's really yeah, happening. I still don't know who leaked all this stuff. Um, that'll be very that's the only interesting part to me. So you got this uh, billionaire who's got security all over the place and somebody gets into his uh, machine. Um, okay, how did that happen? I'm blaming it on Putin. I it. <laughs> All right, I'm blaming it. It's collusion. Uh, Amazon uh, colluding with Putin. Um, and I'm, I'm accusing Putin outright of doing it. But Amazon would do that to their own owner, which is really, I think that that's what threw me off the trail. Bill, I'm glad, I'm glad to see you that Amazon is working with Putin to yeah. get Bezos, which is yeah. weird. And yeah. not it's it's not what they would expect you to think. Um, yeah. All right, uh, Bill. Last thing: the abortion law uh, in Louisiana Supreme Court blocked this uh, from taking an effect, and it was John Roberts. Yeah, uh, you know you got to be real smart in how you word these laws that are trying to contain abortion. Um, John Roberts, certainly not a conservative man. Uh, He's trying to be Kennedy. Uh, I think that's his uh, role model. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think ultimately, if the states word the laws in a very constitutional way, they'll win. And they'll be able to regulate what happens within the state borders. But it's got to be methodical because these people in the Supreme Court, I mean, they're not sympathetic to the pro-life movement, most of them. Are they? Are, um, is, Scalia was, but, but I'm not sure about this crew. Is the, are the Democratic voters in the middle of the country going to wake up in time to be able to see who has hijacked their country and their party? I believe so. I think so, too. Um, And I think that would be very wise for the Trump campaign to concentrate on, Mm -hmm. to take out a lot of ads. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and and this is, I I shouldn't say it, but I will. Um, (gasps) I don't think I'm violating uh, Donald Trump's confidence by doing it, because I've said it publicly before. So we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, Mm -hmm. the president and um, your humble correspondent. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and um, he does not like her. Now, it's not at the level of Chuck Schumer. He hates Schumer. Okay? <laughs> and did you notice Schumer looked like a frog? Oh, yeah. It was yeah, bad. He looks like a frog. He's just kind of this constricted thing. But anyway, so we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, and, you know, he's asking me um, about basically what her mindset is. And I said, look, uh, she is a party apparatchnik. That's her whole life. She doesn't know anything else. I can walk in a room. She doesn't know who I am. Glenn Beck can walk in a room. She won't know who he is. She said, no. She said, no. And I said, but if you really want to know the effectiveness of Nancy Pelosi, you, your campaign, send a camera crew to her district in San Francisco. All right? Shoot the hundreds of people on the streets uh, injecting narcotics, going to the bathroom in public, Mm -hmm. Screaming at the cameraman, obscenities, Mm -hmm. all right? Frightening children trying to walk home from school. Mm -hmm. Just shoot it. And then run a 30-second spot where you say, this is Nancy Pelosi's district in California. And don't say anything else. Just let the pictures run. Might put a little music under them, all right? And then at the end, repeat, this is Nancy Pelosi's district in California. That's it. Very effective. I think it would be very effective. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Thank you so much for being on the program. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. You bet. Bye-bye. We launched uh, realestateagentsitrust.com really out of frustration because there has to be an easier way to sell your home or buy a home. It's complex. How do you – I mean, it's really – it's opening up a phone book. In the old days, it's seeing a sign, an advertisement, or you know somebody who knows somebody to get a real estate agent. That's no way to pick a real estate agent. What you need is a real estate agent that knows the price of homes in your area, knows how to sell, has a great track record. Uh, Little things like should be a full-time real estate agent. Somebody who has a track record of getting the job done, selling houses on time and for the most amount of money. That's why we we have realestateagentsitrust.com. We have the real estate agent in your area that we will connect you with that has your values. They're fans of the show. They get it. They're going to get the job done. Sell your house for the most money. Uh, and on time and get you into the next house. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome to the uh, program. We have uh, Arthur Herman on uh, uh, tomorrow for the podcast. These podcasts are great. Um, Gad Sad is going to be on with me in the weeks to come. I'm doing, he's going to be joining us in a few minutes. I'm doing a 90-minute podcast with him uh, later today. Uh, but he's fascinating. And, and Arthur Herman is, is great. What is the clip that we have? Uh, we don't have the time for it now. We'll do that coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Arthur Herman is a historian, and uh, his, his, his view of America is so spot on. And what you can learn from history that's the podcast, uh, Arthur Herman. Tomorrow it comes out. Just go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and make sure you subscribe to the Glenn Beck podcast. You'll get a new 90-minute uh, uninterrupted uh, program uh, from me once a week on Saturdays. Don't miss it. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. One thing I learned by going to the State of the Union is if you are actually sitting in the room, it's an entirely different experience than it is actually watching it on television. Watching it on television, you're already getting a filter. It's what the lens and the microphones pick up. But sitting in the room, it's entirely different. The guy who sits in the room for the White House press briefings every day has a new podcast that starts this week. His name is John Miller from The Blaze. We talk to him next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. No one should feel unsafe in their own home. Fear doesn't have a place in in our homes. And that has been Simply Safe's motto and what they have what they've set out on a mission and and dedicated themselves to do in the in the last 10 or 15 years is to find a way to make everybody feel safe in their business and in their home and do it efficiently the new with new technology and also uh, um uh, e- extremely affordable can simply safe create a safe space for me so i don't hear scary speech no they cannot now i don't think they would either really even if they had the opportunity they wouldn't yeah, protect me. So. what if someone says something critical of no me? well then you're what just if gonna, something says no something no. Uh, critical of, of uh, an ancient relative of mine no how will i recover from something i like don't that? know hmm. but simply safe will make sure that nobody breaks your windows and hmm. crawls crawls through they'll make sure that nobody opens up a door or window without you being alerted and a picture being taken and i don't mean like one of those fuzzy pictures that you see like at the 7-eleven it's like dude upgrade the video camera <laughs> you know it's a, if you recognize this gray blob <laughs> please call uh the verge it's, <laughs> it's it's uh the verge calls simply safe the best home security it's a wire cutter top pick simply safe customers they're three million customers i'm one of them they are great take 10 percent off right now on your system you'll get free shipping on any system order and 10 percent off just go to simply that's simply you're going to save a ton of money simply Blaze White House uh, correspondent John Miller, what is it like to sit in that room? What is it that you see that nobody else sees, John? Uh, I think it is the disdain for uh, the average American, to be quite honest. I think that you see the conversations you hear happen when people think either you're not listening or people think that you're like-minded would genuinely shock uh, uh, Americans. I mean, everything from them saying that, you know, this administration just, you know, was trying to keep the brown people out of the country to uh, the fact that the president works a cult to, uh, I don't know if everyone remembers, but the president spoke to a room full of, uh, of black students. It was, I think, 400 students and reporters from major outlets, not, you know, crew, but actual reporters rolling their eyes, saying this is a waste of everyone's time. The president speaking to one of the largest groups of black people to visit the White House, uh, more so than Obama had, people rolling their eyes saying this is a waste of time. I can't believe we had to sit through this. Can we just get through it? Um, I, I, it's incredible. They think that everyone thinks exactly like them, and therefore they are unfiltered in what they say, and that is very revealing. I, you know, I, I felt the same way the, when, when watching the State of the Union, the arrogance of the left. They know they have cover from the mainstream media. 
and they get away with murder. I mean, they really do. The 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 attitude in the State of the Union, the the hissing that went on, the laughing that went on. They were taking selfies uh, during the State of the Union. It was it was so incredibly disrespectful to the process, to the country, to the president. I, I was shocked by it. And and I don't you know me, John, I don't <laughs> think highly of these people. Yeah, I mean, you you say they were hissing like that's not you're not exaggerating. They were actually hissing during the speech. No, they were hissing twice. They hissed. And and it's it, what's also incredible. I saw on Twitter and Jonah Goldberg surprisingly saying that he found it incredibly tawdry that people were chanting USA during the speech, which, I mean, that was one of the least offensive things, I think, during the speech that happened during the audience. It's well, the I, USA chanting. I thought it was interesting because USA, USA was about, you know, job growth and or no, no, no. It was, no, it was about women, right? No, no, no. The first one, there was a first one. And I think it was either about job growth or uh, or the military. And only the right uh, said USA, USA. Uh, then when they did women the women, Ocasio-Cortez, led the, everybody standing up, USA, USA, USA. That was about women. But both sides of the house were proud of, of that women were, you know, at the highest work level that they've ever been. I think that's uh, something that we could debate, whether our homes are, are any better because of it, whether our children are any better because of it. Um, but uh, everybody was shouting USA, USA. But when it came to something that was... Uh, a, a, a another real uniting concept. Um, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't do that. They, they didn't. They didn't cheer. No. And it's incredible. Notice how they sat for abortion. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was right after uh, women's accomplishments in the workplace, and then it came to late-term abortion, and they sat. And I think it really just showed you the disparity between um, the representatives who really just reflect a fringe left group, maybe some special interests, and the American people. Because you look at the numbers for people who want a late-term abortion ban, it's 80% of women. And the number of people who support abortion bans is actually going up. So they're wildly out of step with the American people. Um, and it go, it all, the same thing also goes for, the, for immigration. I mean, you know, it was definitely divided down the middle when it came to the, the president's remarks on immigration. But the American people are much more unified on that matter. So it was interesting when the president said he wants to give a unifying speech. I think he did that. I think the reason why it wasn't unifying was because uh, of the representatives who are representing a, 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 something that the vast majority of the American people don't believe in, i.e. socialism. So, I mean, John, John, you were with me during the uh, during the whole time at Fox, um, and you started with me, uh, I think, shortly before that time, uh, and you were going to Columbia University, and you were a conservative and African-American and, and tight-lipped. You didn't say anything, if I, if I recall. <laughs> you didn't say anything until the very last day. Uh, <laughs> um, and I advised you not to say anything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you were with me at those times and you know how radical they were, um, and, and how bad things, uh, got behind the scenes and the things that they were willing to do and say, I think yeah. they're worse right now. I think oh, this absolutely. is much worse. And that absolutely. was bad. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I would, I would dream to have those days back because, yeah. you know, that, that they, they were, you know, they were just big government people. Uh, and, and, you know, they believe that government was the solution to a lot of things. I mean, now they're just bat crap crazy to the point where I'm wondering, is this an act? 
I mean, you look at the the Green New Deal that they're pushing, which you know I'm sure you've discussed. I mean, that it's not. And these are people who I mean, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, is not. You know, she went to Boston University. Apparently, from what I've heard, she did well there. Um, you know, she grew up in New York, so it's not like she's out of touch with a. Uh, with everyday life. She I, has I, a she degree in that. economics yeah. from BU. So how I mean, could that, this, that's my question. Yeah. <laughs> she what? has to know that. I mean, they want to eliminate planes. Uh, and I mean, this is someone who has to travel for a living. She's trying to get rid of planes. I, it's, it's unrealistic. And anyone with a brain and common sense uh, knows this is not going to work. So I'm really at the point where I'm wondering, are they just saying this stuff? Because we're in the age of social media. You can say anything. Um, and five presidential candidates are getting behind it. You can just say anything. It doesn't matter if you get it done. You know, I'm worried that the president now is just saying, you know, we're going to build this wall. And, you know, and, and whether or not he's going to get done is still up in the air. But I'm at the point where are they just saying this stuff because they know it will rile up the base? There's no way any of these are not, uh, you know, Complete idiots. I mean, someone would argue against me on that. But these are people that have to understand that what they are proposing in this thing is completely outrageous. I would, I would contend, John, that that's that's not the case because they've never had pushback. When you say a crazy idea and nobody pushes back, your idea, you're like, okay, well, everybody thinks that's good. You know, I also think in this, and you get crazier and crazier, and everybody is. If no one is pushing back. And you are getting to be a bigger, bigger star. You start to believe that all of your ideas are great and you don't have to back any of them up. Yeah, it's like a toddler with a you know a parent who spoils spoils their kid and just says you know oh everything you do is wonderful everything is great and you know that kid turns out to be a complete disaster because they've never been told that that's not a good idea and you shouldn't do that. But I, it, it, it's gotten to the point now where we're not talking about ideological differences we're talking about sane versus completely outrageously insane john uh, miller is, uh, is on with us uh, host of the white house brief on blaze tv also a podcast starting uh, here really soon was it start today john or is it this week it started yesterday what it is is it is uh, a a podcast version of the white house brief so we do uh you know five to ten minute video every day we're turning that into a podcast and we're going to keep an extended portion on it so you know i usually cover one topic in the white house brief what we're going to do is then kind of develop the idea so whether it's go into a um whether, whether it's go deeper into a subject or you know talk about some of the other big stories that are important coming out of the white house each day or sometimes it might even be stuff that's not even um White House related because there's, uh, there's so much crazy stuff in the news right now. Um, for instance, there uh, you know the, we we were going to do some interviews, and actually uh, you know I recently wrote a piece um, on how I think Black History Month is completely useless at this point needs to be eliminated. Um, and by the way, John is an African American. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just put that out there. Um, but but I, I mean I think um, I, I think another Blaze writer, Aaron Colin wrote an mm-hmm. article, um, brilliant, and it's a great article. It's a great rebuttal to my piece. He completely disagrees with me. I'd love to have him on to, uh, to, to, to debate that. I, mean, I think we both raised legitimate points, and, and you know, that is absolutely what we're trying to do here at, at Blaze TV is, is you know, we're not Stalinists. We can accept diversity of thought, and we can hash out those ideas in a friendly, respectful, mm-hmm. uh, and fun way. And so I, I'd love to do some of that. Um, and so on the podcast White House Brief, we're going to be doing some more um, – exploration and extending it a bit so that we can cover some of these topics uh, in a bit more depth. And John, because you're in the middle of D.C., you're dealing with these people every single day. Let me take your temperature on this idea. Ocasio-Cortez, 
she is, yes, she's a socialist. And yes, she believes, I think, most of the stuff that every Democrat believes but doesn't admit. But the thing with Ocasio-Cortez is she's not just a socialist. She's an embarrassing socialist, <laughs> right? Like she's constantly making these gaffes and making this ideology look silly. And to me, I wonder how long is the leash here when they at some point, I feel like Democrats get so embarrassed by her. They put her, quote unquote, back in her place. Pelosi puts uh, her know, back I, in her place. It, that- Stu, I, I think it's it's insane because you would think that as a rational thinking person <laughs> you would think that but that's not what we're seeing happening no i mean you're, you're and i you know glenn mentioned i went to columbia university i have very many liberal friends at columbia university who you know are educated and uh, and you know have you know many many degrees some of them and they love her uh, they, they think she's the greatest and i don't understand how someone who appears not to understand basic economics and you know all the way down to how our government functions to the point where uh you know she can't name the three branches of government and thinks that there are three chambers uh of congress uh, i mean there there are gaps in her knowledge and she's not interested she's not curious and yet the left Educated people on the left love her, and you see the politicians who you would think would kind of try to get her out of the way and say, ah, you know, this is kind of crazy, let's, uh, let's kind of ignore her. They're endorsing her proposals. Cory Booker's coming endorsing her proposals. Uh, Kamala is too. So, I, I, you know, it, you would think that at some point people would say she's embarrassing, let's get her out of the party. I will tell you, uh, I hear in Washington, D.C., when you hear people chattering and all the buzz they are very, there are elements within the Democrat Party that are very upset with her because she doesn't work with them, and she doesn't work with the establishment Democrats, and that is upsetting a lot of staffers on the Hill. So what they are doing is now I hear whispers of people trying to orchestrate a way to get her and the other radical Democrats who are kind of on her team out, and they are trying to work and find a way to, to get them out of office. So I'd be very curious to see if her, uh, if her time in Congress lasts long, because there are still very powerful elements uh, of that caucus that are trying to get her out. All right. From, uh, you can follow him on Miller Stream, uh, John Miller from TheBlaze.com. He's got a new podcast uh, starting. It started yesterday. Uh, John is a fascinating guy, has a very different look, and surprising many times on the way he looks at things. He calls them as he sees them. John Miller, BlazeTV.com slash back. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, guys. You bet. Never more than 60 seconds away from uh, from the program. We have uh, Gad Sad joining us here in just a few minutes for a few minutes. I'm getting ready to do a podcast with him, but wanted to have him stop by the radio show and say hello and uh, and uh, maybe uh, uh, grace us with uh, a little bit of wisdom. Uh, He is a fascinating, fascinating guy. Again, another Canadian that is telling the truth. What is the deal with Canada? Why are they beating us all of a sudden with freedom of speech? All right. Let me tell you about um, Relief Factor. Uh, No, not. What is it? Oh, 1-800-Flowers. 1-800-Flowers. Right now, six-day countdown uh, on the uh, made-up holiday of uh, valentine's day i'm oh, well, made up but if made you up. don't do it right you're dead so you might as well b- not worry about whether let's, it was made up or not you got six days to get this right yeah let's just say it's not a hill to die on you no, know? no no you don't want to die on valentine's day uh here it is 1-800-flowers.com take care of your right right now right now it ends tonight 
18 red roses for 29.99 and you can upgrade to 24 for 10 bucks more so hello hello 18 or 24 roses do it they're red roses you don't know what you'll pay for you'll give your right arm next week <laughs> 1-800-Flowers, you're going to forget the minute I stop talking, 1-800-Flowers.com, 1-800-Flowers.com, and then next week you're going to go, oh, crap, I was going to call. Do it now. Do it now. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the uh, radio icon and enter the radio code BECK. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Code is BECK. Offer expires today. Do it now. 10 seconds, station ID. This Bezos story is absolutely fascinating to me. Here is the richest man in the world um, taking pictures of his junk. I mean, that is what he's doing. I mean, what on earth are you? What, what are you on doing? Earth are you thinking? I just don't even understand. The, I, nobody wants to see it. No, nobody, nobody wants it. Guys wants don't to even want to see it. it. I, you know, they have that uh, feature on your iPhone where you can do the airdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, and send photos to each other. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, someone who said that in these big cities now, th- every woman has to turn that feature off because they'll just be like on the train and just get an airdrop photo of somebody's junk. Oh, you got to be kidding me. And it's like, how on earth can anyone... It should never be photographed. Not, no, they not shouldn't even, even have in, records of what it looks like. Not in, in medical book. pictures. Not in medical books. Right. Nobody, no, the, the uh, human anatomy sh- no, should be blurred. The surgeon should be like, oh, crap, that's what it looks like, huh? Um, Whoa, right. uh, look at that. Yeah, you just don't need pictures of it. I no. don't get it. No. I don't get it. And, and why you'd ever do it of yourself. And if you're the richest person in the world, you can't come up with some better pastime and let than me taking say, photos of your own genitalia. Let me just say this. If you're the richest person in the world, world the thing she's turned on by is in your pants but not in your front it's in the back pocket dude <laughs> so he took all these pictures and, and all these steamy texts as for some reason journalists always call them steamy texts and so those got released by uh by national Enquirer, and bezos has all the money in the world so he decided he's going to investigate how the heck they got their hands on these things, which is an interesting question for sure. Now, of course, National Enquirer, David Pecker is the guy who runs that. Very close ties to uh, Trump in the past. They don't seem to be so close these days. <laughs> right. Uh, Bezos uh, has had a longstanding feud with Trump. He seems to be accusing the government of some, in some way of, of making these available uh, to the National Enquirer. The interesting part about the national, from the National Enquirer perspective, is they currently have basically uh, they got basically immunity for the stuff that was going on uh, when it came, comes to uh, Stormy Daniels and all that stuff. The reason uh, in in that agreement it says they can't commit a crime for three years. So if they do commit a crime, then they are on the hook for the other thing too. So Bezos is now doing. It's almost like he's doing the um, Hulk Hogan, Peter Thiel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was that site called back in the Gawker, Gawker mm-hmm. thing where they, he's just going after them. It's not exactly the same thing, but he has made this his life's work. Well, he, he went to the firm that actually protects me. Mm-hmm. And I, the one I always say to Ben Shapiro and others, please hire Gavin DeBecker. 
Yeah. Um, it, they're the best. I mean, Gavin they, is the the best. I'd rather have Gavin DeBecker than Secret Service. Honestly, they are the best. Yeah, they're the best. Every big celebrity, you know, from like Oprah, all the big everybody, uh, names. Everybody this has is the, the The team. Yeah. And so he he called. Apparently, he's a friend of Gavin DeBecker. And so Bezos called Gavin DeBecker and said, hey, you have unlimited resources from me. Uh, find out how this happened and and you know look it's, it's i don't it's the have best security un- in the world it's not cheap right. i don't Can you imagine what an unlimited b- budget is no for- and and i will tell you i don't have unlimited resources and think of the things that they have done for us oh yeah i mean we have something you know my son finds out you know my son is online with somebody uh and we don't know who he is and he's a threat to my son we know who he is where he is everything about him uh, all through legal means and Gavin DeBecker within, what was it, two hours? I mean, they are just, they're thorough. They're good. Uh, and uh, they'll find out. They'll find out. They will. Uh, it's hard to imagine that they're not going to. And this is could be a major issue. They're trying to make it into a political issue. I don't know if that's actually, actually true or not. It could be that someone who just doesn't like Bezos decided to I mean, uh, as many enemies as Trump has, uh, there are many enemies that Bezos has sure. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can't believe the guy who started, you know, one of the biggest internet companies in the world is technology. It's yeah. all technology. I mean, and the biggest part of Amazon's revenue is cloud stuff. I mean, you think about the security needed for that. And then this guy's like, you know what I should do is get out my iPhone and stick it down my pants. Like, that's a really dumb thing to do, Jeff. <laughs> just so you're you aware. Think? You've basically you solved sure? all shopping problems for the entire country, but you can't keep the phone camera out from between your zipper. I just don't understand it. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So let me talk to Jeff Bezos here. There's a problem with public Wi-Fi, and it's called public. Yeah. You connect to a public Wi-Fi, uh, even if it's password protected, and all of your expectations about privacy gone. Now let me tell you this. You run a giant... Uh, internet-based corporation. Mm. You have all the security in the world. You know better than to take pictures of your junk, but you're so arrogant, you're like, we've got this all buttoned up. Do you, Jeff? Do you? They can get to anything. You need a Wi-Fi that is private. You need a secure VPN. And the people to do it, are the people who have been protecting people forever. Norton. Norton Secure VPN. Go to norton.com slash VPN. Protect yourself now. You heard John Miller. He's got a show every day on theblaze.com. Uh, blazetv.com slash Beck is the place to go. Use the promo code Beck. Save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I am thrilled to be able to sit down here in just a few minutes with uh, Dr. Gad Sad from uh, Concordia University. Um, he's a professor of evolutionary behavioral uh, science. Um, 
he's got to spend some time talking down uh, because I, you know, I, I understand about a third of what he's saying, uh, but he is fascinating. We had dinner last night. I wanted to bring him in before we record the podcast just for a few minutes um, to kind of introduce him to you in case you don't know who he is. He's he's big online. Uh, very, very funny on Twitter. Welcome. How are you? Oh, so nice to be here. Thank you for yeah. having me. So you are you study evolutionary psychology. Indeed. Okay. Uh, is that please excuse my ignorance, but is that like why we become so tribal? That would be one manifestation okay. of our evolutionary imperatives. Okay. You know, social scientists are perfectly happy to accept that our opposable thumbs arose out of evolution and that our liver arose out of evolution, but they reject the idea that the thing that defines us, our personhood, our minds, are due to evolution. And so what evolutionary psychologists do is simply apply the lens of evolutionary theory to explain our emotional system, our cognitive system, why we think the way we do, why we act the way we do. And so it's simply applying the evolutionary framework to the study of human behavior so we could either go to politics or consumerism sure uh where, where do you want to start on we that? can do consumer behavior since that's the place where i've most applied okay it. all right so i'll give you maybe just to make it very tangible i'll give you a few examples of actual studies that i've done and mm-hmm. that'll just give the audience a clear mm-hmm. sense of what i do so i did a study with one of my former uh, graduate students where we looked at how the menstrual cycle affects women's behaviors so for example how they dress can you even say this in today's <laughs> world well you can't even say that there's such a thing as men and, or uh, women yeah, yeah, so right. i mean i'm i'm satan right. basically. <laughs> i know okay. I'm, I'm way beyond <laughs> right. having violated every <laughs> right tenet. right um and so what we basically did is we tracked women's behaviors preferences desires over 35 contiguous days 35 days because the average menstrual cycle lasts for 28 days. Mm -hmm. And we showed that during the maximally fertile phase of a woman's menstrual cycle, when she's actually in the ovulatory phase, this is when she dresses most sexily. Now, she doesn't do that consciously, but it turns out across many animal species, there are very clear signs when females enter into estrus. Now, in the case of human females, they don't show you in gorge genitalia. What they do is they simply beautify themselves more. So that would be an example of applying a biological mechanism to human behavior. In this case, women's clothing. Feminists must have gone crazy on that. Oh, there's a very, very long lineup of people who go crazy for, right. about this stuff. And is that <laughs> universal? I mean, was it overwhelming that that was happening? Oh, with absolutely. All the-, the effect is unbelievably strong. And it's been documented in, in many, many different ways. Um, with one of my other uh, graduate students, I looked at what happens to men's testosterone levels when they engage in conspicuous consumption. So in the same way that the peacock shows off by demonstrating that he's got a big tail mm-hmm. a, 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 uh, with bright colors, he's saying, look, I'm here, despite the fact that this tail will increase the likelihood of my falling prey to a predator, I'm here, choose me as a mate. Well, a Ferrari is the human equivalent of a peacock tail. Of a peacock tail. So tell me why mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos would take pictures of his <laughs> junk and send it out. Have you heard this story? I have not. Okay, I, so Jeff I Bezos. I Andrew, Andy Weiner or Andrew? Uh, Anthony okay. Weiner. <laughs> Anthony no, no, no. Weiner. Yeah, okay, so you know who Jeff Bezos is. Of course, the, yeah. the Amazon guy. Right. Yeah. Okay, richest man in the world. I didn't know that. He was taking pictures of his, of his junk. And sending it to? Of a girl that he wasn't married to. And why would it, Why would you do that? that? I mean, that's actually a, a, great, a great question because it demonstrates how 
men and women don't always know one another's psychology, right? Because men are very much visually enticed, sexually yes. aroused by visual stimuli, they erroneously think that the same principle will apply to women, right? To the extent that you and I might find a, you know, a, a woman with an hourglass figure is very intoxicating. So Jeff Bezos reasons, well, she must be equally aroused by you know, seeing <laughs> my, my, my penis, what's in my pants, where right. she's a lot more aroused by what's in his bank account. Yeah, what's in his wallet. <laughs> it is in your pants. It's just not in the front. Dude. Exactly. Just not in the front. Yeah. So um, I, I love this uh, term that you coined, collective mun- uh, Munchausen. Yeah, you want me to tell you about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that came, actually, I, I'd written a paper in a medical journal back in 2010 on Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Mm-hmm. Munchausen syndrome is, is a psychiatric disorder where someone feigns in injury or feigns a medical condition mm-hmm. to garner empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is where you take someone who's under your care, let's say your biological child, you harm them so that you can garner that sympathy th- by proxy. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing how people were engaging in sort of a victimology hysteria. And is it safe for me to go to school because I'm a woman of color now that Trump is is president. Mm. And I thought that that was a perfect manifestation of this faux victimhood, this Munchausen syndrome applied collectively in a hysterical context. And hence I coined it collective Munchausen. Uh, that had to be popular. How are you still teaching? <laughs> you? Uh, you know what? Uh, I often ask myself that question. That's why those, you know, politicians who argue that we should get rid of tenure, I'm living proof that you should never do that because yeah. imagine what would have happened to me if it were easy to simply send me an email saying, you're saying a lot of stuff that's pissing us off. You're out. They can't do that precisely because I'm protected by tenure. So you were a guy, you and Jordan Peterson are friends right. and you were, you were doing this long before uh, Jordan Peterson and, and speaking out. And he actually called you at the beginning right, and said, can you help me do it? I, 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 I'm entering into your waters here and I don't, they're treacherous. <laughs> so he, he, he contacted me because he had gotten into some hot waters with his uh, position on the gender pronoun issue. He felt that it wasn't appropriate for the government to engage in compelled speech. I mean, sure, he should, if he's a good person, he should address someone by their preferred pronoun, but there shouldn't be the, the weight of the governmental laws saying that you better do it. And because he took that position in a few uh, YouTube videos that were very popular and mm-hmm. started getting a lot of flack, no academic would mm-hmm. support him. So he reached out to me and said, hey, can we talk? He came on my show. We became friends and the rest is history. So when, why is it that this is happening from so many Canadians where Americans are kind of asleep at the switch? Yeah. I, I mean, I, the only thing I could think of is that Americans have the protection of the First Amendment. So maybe they're complacent thinking that it'll never go away. It'll never go away. You'll always be protected. Whereas maybe we have to be a bit more proactive and repeatedly protecting our freedom of speech because we don't have regrettably your protections. It's amazing because those protections don't seem to matter anymore. You know, people have to know them to be able to get them to be um, enforced. And, and Canada, are you further down the road than we are or Uh, because it feels like we are from a political perspective, correctness perspective and yeah all that. and just crazy uh, out of control it's it's outland i mean it's especially due to the fact that we have uh the social justice warrior in chief justin trudeau uh, as the head of our country i mean he epitomizes all of the you know parasitic idiotic moronic ideas that i've been fighting against for you know 20 plus years 
because he is a product of the educational system that brought these idiotic ideas, postmodernism, cultural relativism, moral relativism. Right, so everything that he does now is about gender equity, transgender equity, and so on. Uh, and again, I'm a fervent believer that everybody should be free of bigotry, but you don't yeah. dish out Nobel Prizes based on whether you ovulate or not. Right. Uh, right. So. You got in trouble um, uh, in the uh, parliament because. <laughs> I did. Yeah, because you went and you had to testify. Yeah. That there is a difference between men and women, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I, I actually was invited twice, once to appear in front of the Canadian Senate, and then I gave a lecture on Parliament Hill. In front of the Canadian Senate, I was trying to argue that Bill C-16, which is the bill that would incorporate gender identity and gender uh, gender expression under the hate uh, you know, rubric, I argued, yes, of course, we should protect everyone's rights to live a dignified life. But there's a slippery slope here, right? It's very easy for someone in my class who doesn't hear his or her personhood covered to say, hey, Professor Saad is being transphobic because he's only talking about sex differences in his classes. And so I tried to warn them not so much that we shouldn't be trying to protect everybody, but that there are you know, ill consequences of some of the legislation that was coming. And I was accused of being pro-genocide by one of the senators. Pro-genocide. Pro-genocide. Which you're a... Jew that grew up in Lebanon. <laughs> that's right. And so, so you're pretty clear on. I'm pretty clear on the <laughs> ugliness of genocide. Uh, and, and actually, that's I, I did remind him of my personal history, and that I think uh, had him second guessing his stupidity. Wow. Um, uh, we are entering a time where truth doesn't seem to matter at all, and and because of that, things like the term justice have been turned into social justice. Mm. Uh, define the word justice. What is justice? Well, it's certainly not what the social justice warriors think it is. To me, mm. it's really the protection of individual rights and individual dignity, right? I mean, everybody should be able to pursue their lives free of bigotry, free of institutional you know, hatred. As someone who grew up in Lebanon as a Jew, I certainly know about that. But uh, we shouldn't be forced to celebrate your unique personhood, Right. Uh, transgender people have every right to live dignified lives free of bigotry, but I don't have to walk into class every every Wednesday and, and poll everybody about what their gender pronouns are that day. Mm. Because, by the way, Harvard University has argued that your gender identity could fluctuate on a daily basis. So Monday I'm male, Tuesday I'm female, Wednesday I'm gzir. I mean, right, so it's, it's, it's a level of insanity that could only be explained as, as a parasitic worm that has entered people's brain and has removed their ability to think clearly. So what, just... What are you on Wednesday again? Uh, Xir. <laughs> Xir. Yeah, X-I-R. This is, I think, a, one of the pronouns where you're non-binary. Non-binary. I'm, not, okay. I'm neither male or female. See, I'm learning. We're all learning here today. There you go. Yeah. We're all learning. I, I'm, my feeling is, 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 am I wrong to think that maybe some of this stuff hasn't hit Texas as, as hard as uh, New York or... Getting no, there. not as hard as New York, but no. it is getting it is here. Getting here yeah. I mean, it's it. Texas has has changed um, to the point to where, I mean, when you think of Texan history, what do you think of? You're Canadian. What do you think of Texan history? Independence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there any event that comes to mind? No. No. You're Canadian. Yeah. The Alamo. Okay. Sure. Okay. The Alamo, and that's all about really independence. That was saving the Mexicans trying right. to fight for the Mexicans to be independent of a tyrant. Right. You can't even teach that now because it's oppressive right. in Texas. You can't teach that. 
That's nuts. That yeah. is absolutely nuts. We, we've just gone off the deep end. Um, I can't wait to talk to you some more. Um, likewise. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. Cheers. We're going to take on everything, uh, religion and, and all of it uh, in the podcast. Thank Look you so much. It. Cheers. Yeah. God bless. Um, all right. Let me um, tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's X Chair. Uh, X chair is just a great chair. Uh, it's a business chair or an office chair. You can have it at home. You can have it at the office. Uh, I'm telling you, when you set it right and you lean back, it is as comfortable as any recliner that I've ever been in. It has great back support. They have the you know Super X chair, if you will, like uh, you know, Professor X was wheeling around in there. I don't know <laughs> what it is. It has everything you can imagine in a chair. They also have the X Basic. The X Basic has everything that you need, uh, and uh, including a really great price. Uh, but don't count out the Super X chair because there's a lot of office chairs that are a lot more expensive than these. They're just really good. No questions asked, 30-day guarantee. If you don't love it, take advantage of X Chair's new financing option. You can pay as little as $30 a month. X Chair is also on sale for $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. You use the promo code BECK and you're going to get a free footrest and the $100 off at BECK. That's promo code BECK, xchairbeck.com. Hey, there's a, a big announcement uh, coming on Sunday. I mean, sure. it's a surprising one, too. Sure is, from Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. I think it could be. I mean, is she going to paint her garage a new color? Is she might, she might be pregnant. We she don't might know. Be. Is we, she getting a new puppy? We, we could think be. it could be that. We I'm don't know. I'm so excited for that announcement uh, on Sunday. Uh, also, tomorrow on our podcast, Arthur Herman. He is a great historian, one of my favorite historians and favorite writers. Um, and we talk a lot about the history and history that you don't know and where America is headed based on our past. Here's a little clip from the podcast that comes out tomorrow. This is one of the things I think it's important always to emphasize. How much of history reveals to us not the not the fact that some are, you know, uh, inescapably good and some are uh, simply insuperably bad, but how much of what happens in the world is really involves a tragedy of human beings who find themselves in circumstances in which they are forced to act according to their, either their social role or their cultural assumptions or their religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. or even a sense of, you know what, this sounds like I have to do this because I have a feeling this will lead to the consequences that we all want. And you make the wrong decision. You make blunders. One of my favorite sayings in history is it's always difficult for us to remember that events that are in the past were once in the future. Mm -hmm. And that the people who initiated those actions and who made those crucial decisions, and think about the long list, I don't have to Mm -hmm. walk through them, all the time never knew what the outcome would be and simply Mm -hmm. had to make a guess or Mm -hmm. a judgment based on their own experience and their own context. And their own humanity. Their their own own humanity. We don't like to look at the worst case scenario. It goes against everything in us as as an animal. And it rests rests upon our self-confidence or lack of confidence Mm -hmm. to make those decisions. And sometimes I think it's important. It's one one of my main beefs with the way in which the left has twisted and distorted how we look at history. Like, for example, the Civil War. We don't see it through that lens of individuals making decisions which have tragic consequences, sometimes for the right reasons, sometimes for the wrong, but sometimes for 
reasons which were understandable at the time. It's and that the, has and that and that being able to understand that and understand our own humanity through history, this is one of the missions that I've set for myself from the very first book I wrote. And it's one which I think uh, I hope that readers and those who appreciate my books also understand. It's an exploration of the nature of humanity, of human nature through our actions in the past. It's a look at real American history with Glenn Beck and Arthur Herman. It's a free podcast. You get it on iTunes. Coming out this weekend.